I'm Jeff Williams from Brooklyn, New York. I'm Natalie from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Matt from Cambridge. The Sound of Young America is an independent production. Supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to support the show like I did, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. I'm Jesse Thorne. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, it's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the show is the singer-songwriter Loudon Wainwright III. Since the early 1970s, he's been making sharp, funny albums of, I guess what you might call, folk music. Um, He's also worked extensively as an actor, uh, a career that started uh, with a three-episode arc on MASH uh, and has continued into uh, several of the films of Judd Apatow as well as the uh, Judd Apatow uh, sitcom Undeclared, and of course uh, his important role in the smash hit uh, uh, guinea pig themed film G-Force. His brand new album is a tribute to country music legend Charlie Poole. It's called High, Wide, and Handsome. Here's a song from it called Moving Day. Landlord said this morning to me Give me a key, this flat ain't free I can't get no rent out of you Pack up your rags and skidoo I said wait until my bill comes home He's my honey from the honeycomb He'll have money cause he told me so this morning Because it's moving day Moving day Rip the carpet up off of the floor Take your oil stove and out the door It's moving day Pack your folding bed and get away If you spend every cent You can live out in a tent Because it's moving day Loudon Wainwright, welcome to The Sound of Young America. It's great to have you. Thanks. Good to be here. I want to talk to you about Charlie Poole in a minute, but first I want to ask you about a couple of things that, as I was reading about your life, uh, uh, struck me as unusual. One was, um, uh, I, I was reading about your family, and um, not just your uh, children, uh, several of whom are accomplished musicians, but your parents. Um, your father was a columnist for Time, uh, excuse me, for Life magazine. Um, your mother, at least according to a bio that I read, was a yoga instructor. That's right, she was. Now, I'm. I don't mean to. Uh, I don't mean to blow your cover, but you're in your uh, early 60s. So you know, you were a teenager in the. You know, you you're a kid in the in the 50s and 60s, not the. 70s and 80s or 80s and 90s or other times when someone might imagine that someone's mom would be a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you to have a mom who was a yoga instructor in, say, 1962? Well, in 1962, she wasn't a yoga instructor. She was a, a housewife. But in 19, about 1968, I went to San Francisco to... Um, to participate in the... Well, it was 67, to participate in the Summer of Love... And after experimenting with um, pharmaceutical substances, I found myself uh, swerving uh, toward the east and studied yoga and was actually in a yoga ashram in Virginia City, Nevada. And then uh, a few years later, I turned my mom on to yoga. And and that would have been in the 70s. 
and, and she uh, embraced uh, it and, and studied it really uh, um, a great deal and, and, and became a teacher herself. So um, I turned my mom on to yoga. Your your father was a columnist, as I mentioned, and um, he would not have uh, become a yogi. <laughs> it, it's it's a, that's a really hard job. Yeah, I mean, it's a job where where you have to do like a kind of writing that's uh, super painful um, because you have to write a column. Um, how did you perceive his work when you were a kid? Well, um, he was a very, uh, six, you know, in his world, he was quite successful. I mean, I had a famous father when, in the 60s when, when he was writing. Uh, he had a, his column was called A View From Here, and he could write about anything he wanted to. And he wrote political things and personal things. And, um, you know, he had free reign. But as you say, a deadline, writing to a deadline um, was, was, was tough and... Um, I observed him, you know, uh, being stressed out a lot and, uh, uh, you know, anxious about how it was going. And, um, um, you know, um, I, I watched him get be tortured as a writer, I suppose. Um, also, he, you know, most journalists want to be novelists, or many do anyway, I imagine. And uh, uh, he was uh, no different. In, I mean... It, he he wanted to write books too, but he was writing uh, for the magazine, um, and um, so he was probably beating himself up about that too. What did you think about what he did? Well, um, at the time, you know, uh, uh, in his heyday, I was a, a teenager and a young man, and you know, we had that Oedipal kind of competitive thing. So I I didn't actually read a lot of his columns. You know, I was a smart ass and. Uh, you know how young people are, <laughs> and uh, um, but but now uh, when I look back, you know I have all of his columns and um, I send them around to people. He was really a great writer. I mean, particularly when he wrote about his his personal uh, life and feelings and f- things having to do with family and um, um, you know the specifics of uh, and the and the, the generalities of all that. I mean, he. So I, I've grown, uh, you know, I'm 63 now. It's taken me a long time, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of my father's work. I think he really did a lot of great work. It's interesting that you, that you say that one of the things that you liked most in his writing was him writing about his personal life. You've written a lot about your uh, personal and family life in your songs. Was there a relationship between those two? Were you always a fan of the idea of your father writing about himself and his family, or or did your perspective on that autobiographical idea change as you went from you know being a teenager to being an adult? Well, you know, I I mean, I, I've uh, my stuff is. As you say, it's very autobiographical, a lot of it. Uh, and, um, and the first line of the first song on my first record was in Delaware when I was younger. That was the line. You know, I, I immediately started to write about my life. Um, and maybe it was because I, I had read his personal columns and really liked them, or maybe I just inherited that genetic trait of, of um, uh, you know, that propensity to uh, d- divulge or, to, or to, you know, to talk about yourself or sing about yourself. Maybe a combination of the two things. 
before we got on the line, I, I was listening to um, a, a song that you wrote uh, called A Father and a Son that, that's about uh, your relationship with your family, both uh, backwards and forwards. Um, when you write these kinds of songs uh, about yourself and, and your family, do you ever do you ever wonder whether you've made the right decision to to write something that's so personal and also you know so plain in a way that many people many songwriters who are who are writing about themselves uh aren't doing um i don't really think about that much i mean the at the end of the day you know it depends on how good the song turns out and and you know a father and a son um uh, explores uh, that father-son dynamic, and and um, and th- and it does a good job of it. I think. I mean, I I write a song and then I take it out and I sing it in a club or uh, for for people, and and uh, I can usually tell if it works or not. And I I don't really worry too much about um, about uh, what it's actually doing. Or I, 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 if people if if people have an if if it has an effect on people, then it, then it's a success as far as I'm concerned. When you say I think that's, that's interesting to me that when you say if it has an effect on people, one of the things that's very distinctive about many of your songs is that they're funny, which isn't a, a quality that um, a lot of uh, singer songwriters are shooting for. Um, and many of your songs have other kinds of effects on people. Do you see a, a, any kind of hierarchy of value of the effects that you have on people? Not at all. I mean, I, I, as you say, I mean, my most successful song to date, anyway, is it was a was a was a novelty song called "Dead Skunk in the Middle of the Road" that that you know was on the radio in in the early seventies. I mean, I I love being silly uh, uh, and, and uh, making an audience laugh, and and yet at the same time, or you know, on the other hand, I. I also like uh, getting in there and 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 tackling more serious, uh, or you know, touching. <laughs> you know, just, just I, I like to think of myself as a switch hitter. You know, I, I can hit, <laughs> hit both ways. I can be serious uh, and uh, depressing, and then I can be kind of silly and goofy. And I mean, some of my favorite songwriters are people like Tom Lehrer and. Uh, you know the records that Stan Freeberg uh, did. I, I mean, this is old stuff. I don't know if your your listeners uh, know about this stuff, but they should. Uh, uh, I was big fans of them when I was a kid growing up. And I, I Alan Sherman is another name <laughs> which uh, people should Google. Hello, Mutta. Hello, Father. Right. I love that stuff. I love that stuff. It's the sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Loudon Wainwright III, whose new album, High, Wide, and Handsome, is a tribute to the music of Charlie Poole. You got, you got your guitar with you there. Why don't you play for us um, one of his greatest successes, uh, a song called The Deal. And, and before you do, tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, about the song and, um, uh, and, and why you chose it for this collection. Well, this the deal. Uh, Don't let the deal go down. Was Charlie Poole's big hit. I mean, it sold. Uh, he recorded it in 1926. He came up to New York. Uh, and Columbia Records used to have a studio in a building on Broadway uh, here in New York, and um, he um, he cut four sides, and one of them was the deal, and and it sold 102,000 copies. 
uh, which uh, which you know which was a huge hit, uh, and uh, they were paid. They uh, his band was three guys: him, two other guys, a fiddle player, and a, and a um, and a guitar player. They were paid the grand total of seventy five dollars, but between the three of them, and that's all the money he ever saw from that. But um, you know, the, the the record kind of put him on the map because it got radio play and people loved it. And so I suppose, uh, uh, you know, it's that age-old uh, excuse that the record companies uh, give you. You know, we gave you your career. Anyway, uh, this is the deal. Down to Memphis, Tennessee Any old place I hang my hat That looks like home to me I left my little girl crying Standing in the door Throwed her arms around my neck Saying, honey, don't you go don't let your deal go down Don't let your deal go down Don't let your deal go down Till your last gold dollar is gone Who's gonna shoe your pretty little feet gonna glove your hand Who's gonna kiss your sweet little lips Who's gonna be your man Papa can shoe my pretty little feet Mama can glove my hand No one will kiss my sweet little lips Till you come home again don't let your deal go down Don't let your deal go down Don't let your deal go down Until yeah, your last gold dollar is gone I've been all around this whole wide world down to Memphis, Tennessee Any old place I hang my hat That looks like home to me We'll be back with more from Loudon Wainwright III on The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Production of The Sound of Young America is underwritten in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Max FunCon is MaximumFun.org's annual convocation of things that are awesome. 
You can join me and dozens of great teachers and performers for a weekend in a retired hunting lodge in the woods this May here in Southern California. We'll have comedy from Mark Marin, Al Madrigal, Maria Bamford, Jimmy Pardo, Casper Hauser, Elephant Larry, and more. Plus talks from author and comic John Hodgman, rocker Andrew W.K., and Radio Lab's Jad Abumrat, among others. And classes on everything from crafting to improv to the art of the cocktail. For more information on Max FunCon, visit MaxFunCon.com. That's MaxFunCon.com. But remember that slots fill up fast. Welcome back to The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is Loudon Wainwright III, whose new album, High, Wide, and Handsome, is a tribute to the music of Charlie Poole. Charlie Poole was uh, an artist who... um, you know, like a lot of uh, like a lot of music performers uh, before, you know, recording technology was ubiquitous. Um, recorded all kinds of different songs, um, including novelty songs and kind of o- songs that were, you know, old fashioned. Uh, even by the time he was uh, performing them in the twenties or whatever. Um, what was the appeal of uh, Charlie Poole to you when, when you first heard him? Well, um, I just loved the, I loved his singing and his playing and the whole energy and feeling of his records. Um, people should go out. If they want to actually hear Charlie Poole himself, there's a wonderful box set called You Ain't Talking to Me, uh, which has, uh, he recorded about 100 sides, they called them, songs. And they were around 78 uh, vinyl records. And um, th- that box set has pretty much all of them. He just had this great uh, sound, you know. He he didn't write his songs, but as you say, they were the popular songs of his day, novelty songs and train songs and mother songs and parlor ballads and even some gospel material. I mean, he had a wide, uh, a, a, a wide range and... Um, he um, just was an amazing artist. I, I, I probably heard him for the first time in the early '70s. But I, and he's not very well known. A lot of people know about Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family. He he was uh, around when they were, but uh, somehow he got missed. Uh, I think, uh, or certainly not his due. Uh, he's not. It's shameful. He's not even in the Country Music Hall of Fame, which is pretty strange because he was really great. He he drank himself to death at a very. Um inopportune time in the uh you know course of popular music history um for someone who uh, you know who might want to get recognized later on he he died in 1931 if i'm remembering correctly yeah he um in that great country tradition he drank himself to death he went on a a 13 week bender he had just actually um, things had been not going well at all. I mean, he'd had some big success in the mid-20s, but by 1930, he was back working in a mill down in uh, central, north-central North Carolina, which is where he was from, a town called Spray. He was back at the mill, you know, and then he got, had gotten a call from, from Hollywood, um, and they, they were going to get him out to put him on a train out to California, and he was going to ma- be in a movie. And it, so his career, it looked like it was going to get him you know, a, a shot in the arm. Um, instead, he started to take shots of whatever he was drinking. Uh, <laughs> and um, I guess in a celebratory way, or a, maybe he was frightened. or bo- I mean, he was a terrible alcoholic. All the indications are that he was a real drunk. 
and um, he killed himself before he um, before he got to go out there. Um, uh, Loudon, uh, Charlie Poole's band was uh, called the Ramblers, and you've got two rambling themed songs on uh, on the album. Um, and I think, in a way, like the the life of a professional musician is is necessarily a rambling life. Um, do you like that part of, of what you do, or is it a burden to you? Uh, well, it's an it's it, it is a bit of it's gotten to be a burden. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was kind of fun in the beginning, but um, it's now it's just it's a, it's it's a it's a bit of a. I think somebody said maybe. Um, my friend Tom Paxton says they they you know they, they pay us for getting here. It, it's it's fun to play and perform and exciting to write and uh, and sing, but it's a drag actually to be on the road and it it's a very killing kind of existence, you know. And it, it's not good for home life either. But it's um it's it's what 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 I I do and it's certainly what Charlie Poole did. I mean th- those guys. Uh, those those guys really rambled. Is there anything that you like about it? I mean, above and beyond the you know getting to perform for uh, you know five hundred people every night. You mean the traveling aspect of it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, on the other hand, I have to admit. I mean, I'm I'm reading as it turns out a, a, a book about one of the great musicians and ramblers. Uh, uh, Louis Armstrong. It's a good book, great book called Pops. It's it's out this year, and um, you know, there's a picture of him in a hotel room, and you know, he's he's kind of in his underwear, and his he's got a kerchief tied around his hat, and you can see his trumpet case, and you know, he's he, the room is a mess, and and you know, it looked great to me, <laughs> and very familiar. You know, there is a certain kind of familiarity when you uh, when you when you when you check into your room and. Um, uh, of course, the problem is you have to transition back to your actual house and your family eventually, and and that that that's kind of like re-entering the atmosphere, or you know, you can sometimes you can burn up. It's interesting to me that um, you know you you had this life where you're where you're constantly uh, making that adjustment, and I I can't imagine it's it's ever an easy one, and yet out of your um, if I'm not mistaken, out of your four children, three of them are um uh professional musicians um uh of course uh, Rufus Wainwright and and Martha Wainwright two very renowned singer-songwriters are your children um why do you think your kids ended up taking up the family business well uh again you know uh Rufus Rufus's mom is a is a wonderful uh musician and singer and what did a bit of rambling that's Kate McGarrigal of Kate and Anna McGarrigal and my other uh, singing um kid is uh, Lucy Wainwright Roach and her and her mom is um Suzy Roach of the Roaches another musician so i i think you know when the moms and the dad are are you know there is a kind of there there's got it is the family business and it makes perfect sense that they would uh drift into it um and um, they are doing it and doing well at it, and um, it's great. I mean, you know, it's it's there are the pitfalls, but it's uh, it's wonderful to to see and, and hear hear their work. Do you think it's recommendable? You, you mean is it? Well, I didn't say, oh, don't do that. Be a lawyer or a marine biologist. It, it was it was exciting to to watch them 
sing and play. And they're good at it. That's the other thing is that, you know, all three of them are good. It, it would have been tougher, I think, if <laughs> if they weren't good. And then you would have had to say, oh, that's wonderful, dear. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it was quite clear that that certainly Rufus was gonna, was going places at an early age. He was so raring to go that, it, you know, it was so obvious he wasn't going to go to law school. <laughs> uh, Lucy, on the other hand, you know, actually got a master's degree in teaching and was a teacher for a while. And every time there was a family event and party and the guitars would come out, she would kind of run and hide. Um, and uh, But then, you know, it kicked in and, and now she's uh, uh, traveling and writing and recording. And, you know, she's there. It's happening for her, too. So, you know, it's... Uh, they, they they had to do it, I suppose. Charlie Poole um, lived this life on the road, uh, and you know his way of dealing with it was by burning very very brightly um, and drinking very very heavily. And um, the title track on uh, your tribute to him, "High Wide and Handsome," is um, a song that you wrote that. Is sort of about that. Um, can can you tell me a, a little bit about um, about writing it and and even why you decided on a tribute record to combine um, the songs of the artist you were doing a tribute to and songs that were a tribute to uh, to Charlie Poole? Well, um, I'll start at the the tail end of that. I mean, the record uh, was produced by my friend, and, and the whole idea for the uh, for the for the record was was his uh, a fellow here in New York called Dick Kinnett. Uh and he has a studio and um, has been a musician. Uh, uh, he writes songs and arranges and produces, and um, he just thought it was a really interesting idea that, that, that we kind of try to inhabit this guy's world. Uh, certainly by re- recording the songs that he recorded. And then he and I wrote songs uh, together and separately, um, nine all told. Uh, it's a double CD, so there's 30 tracks on it. But, um, uh, yeah, the idea was to just, just, just uh, in terms of the writing, was to just try to in- somehow inhabit Poole's world and... and, uh, and uh, it was fun, you know, because as, as we've discussed, you know, I, I'm in, I'm of the habit to, uh, to write about my own swinging life. So it was kind of fun for me to get off that thing and 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 think about what it might be to be somebody like him. It's interesting to me too that, um, you know, this is a guy who, as we mentioned, didn't write these songs that he was performing. So. In a way, you're you're almost like uh, writing a song for him as a you know as a spirit or an idea or the tone or quality of him. Yeah, I, I think um, you know we in, in the writing that we did, Dick and I, you know, probably hoped that you know it might be something that Charlie would sing. I mean, we wrote a song about that trip up to New York to make that hit record. You know, way up in New York City, we imagined them on a train. Uh, taking that train ride. Uh, Dick wrote a wonderful song uh, that he imagined uh, Charlie Poole's wife would sing, a song called The Man on the Moon that Maggie Roach of the Roaches sings on the record. So, and this song, High, Wide, and Handsome, um, I wrote um, uh, 
you know, I, I grew up outside of New York in the suburbs uh, uh, of Westchester County, but my mother was from the deep, deep south, uh, Tifton, Georgia, all the way down near the Florida border. And um, she she came from that world that Charlie Poole uh, uh, was from, that, that rural country um, world. And uh, she used the expression high, wide, and handsome. I don't know if it's a southern expression, but I, she would use it and it struck me that those that expression you know would somehow uh, might might capture the kind of the drunkard the drunkard's bravado uh you know um uh, you know Poole was successful but and he was brash and he was self destructive and and uh, somehow I imagined that he would kind of revel in that and that that was the tone that I tried to get to in the song why don't we hear it here's high wide and handsome from Latin Wainwright the 3rd High, white, and handsome That's how I like living High, white, and handsome That's how life should be Low, skinny, and ugly That's for other people High, white, and handsome Suits me to a T Song, wine, and women They're my three favorites Virgin and whiskey, that's five, six, and four. Saturday night I like eating and dancing. I sleep all day Sunday, so I'm ready for more. High, white, and handsome, you can't take it with you. High, white, and handsome, that's one way to go. Let's live it up, might as well we're all dying. High, white, and handsome, let's put on a show. Can't quit what will kill me, so why even bother? I love this hard living, so why even try? I'll be high, white, and handsome when I kick the bucket. High, white, and handsome On the day I die High, white, and handsome You can call it my motto High, white, and handsome You can call it my creed Money's just paper Liquor's thicker than water High, white, and handsome In thought, word, and deed Have high, wide, and handsome Carved on my headstone With the date I was born Plus the date that I died Then take one from the other All that's left is a number Just remember I laughed Twice as hard as I cried High, wide, and handsome That's how I like living High, wide, and handsome, that's how life should be. Low, skinny, and ugly, that's for other people. High, wide, and handsome, suits me to a T. Loudon Wainwright III performing High, Wide, and Handsome from his new record of the same name, a tribute to country music great Charlie Poole. One of my favorite songs on the record um, uh, 
is uh, another original of yours called Rowena. And it's a song that uh, uh, that actually came out of a, a sort of hybrid of, of thinking about this uh, thinking about this time, uh, but also uh, thinking about your own uh, personal and family history. Uh, tell me a little bit about how it came about. Well, it's a song that that uh, I wrote, and then and then we changed a bit, and Dick Dick did some writing on it. Dick Kinnett did some writing on it also. Um, uh, when my mother died in in nineteen ninety wow nineteen ninety seven, um, as as you often do, I, I found myself you you know you have to go through the filing cabinets and the drawers and you know settle things and look at things and read things, and I found. Um, some um, letters that her father wrote. Um, I, I knew neither of my maternal uh, grandparents. They they died before I was born. My, my mother's mother died when she, when my mother was seven, and uh, um, my my grandfather died when my when my mom was in her early twenties. But um, I found these amazing letters that that the father, a guy called Walter Taylor, wrote to. Uh, the woman that was going to become his wife, my grandmother, Rowena Long. Um, they were courting letters. They were written around 1918. And, um, um, and I was just struck by by them and by some of the wonderful language in them and the, the heartfelt nature of them. And I found myself uh, uh, writing this song uh, about... Uh, from from his point of view, uh, as I say, I never never saw her her side. I never read her side of the story. But uh, he he was really trying to to get her to 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 write back to him. And apparently she was uh, she was not writing back to him, which was kind of freaking him out a little bit. But um, you want to hear this song? Yeah, let's let's hear it. My darling, please don't let me down A few words from you can lift me off the ground Your letters are treasures You don't know their worth Days I don't receive when I fall back to earth Rowena, my darling, just a word or two it means the world to me, those few words from you. But when you don't send them, why can't you see? It's as if the whole world had gone back on me. Tonight when I'm sleeping, I will dream of you. Wishfully thinking, what else can I do? Then in the morning, it's always the same. When dreaming is done, then I call out your name. Tonight when I'm sleeping, I will dream of you. Wishfully thinking, what else can I do? 
Then in the morning I can only hope For my heart's deliverance in an envelope Rowena, my dear, yours to hand this a.m. I'm holding your letter in heaven again A few words from me now to make sure you know As ever I love you for sure, don't you know Loudon Wainwright III performing Rowena from his most recent album called High, Wide, and Handsome. It's a tribute to the country great Charlie Poole. Well, gosh, Aladdin, we're like pretty much out of time. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming on The Sound of Young America. It was, it was so great to have you on the show. Well, I enjoyed being here, Jesse. Um, Loudon Wainwright's new album is High, Wide, and Handsome. He's also headed out on tour. Um, he'll be in lots of places in uh, February, March, April, and May, including uh, Los Angeles, Santa Cruz, uh, the Bay Area, and more. You can find out his full tour schedule and more about the album and his other work at LWIII, as in Loudon Wainwright III.com. Thanks again, Loudon. Thank you. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our editor is Nick White in Chicago. Special thanks to WNYC in New York, who hosted Loudon Wainwright for our interview with him. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org. And if you have thoughts about the show, you can email me at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFun.org. It's the Sound of Young America for MaximumFun.org and PRI. Public Radio International.